Hey, 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 welcome back. And if you're new to my podcast, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I gotta ask you, are you a parent or maybe even a quote unquote child, whether you're little, I don't know if little ones are gonna be listening to this, but you could be in college age, who start to get that summertime blues when school's going back into session. I definitely know I did. I love the carefree days of summer and the thought of reining it in a bit for a more organized structure felt like such a bummer. How many of you feel that? You know, funny, just recently, one of my friends had posted out on Instagram a question to all the moms out there and she said something about, hey mamas, do you notice it takes you like 10,000 hours to get your kid ready for school and the five hours that they're in school seems to go by in just 10 minutes? And isn't that some of the things that cross our mind when we're thinking of, oh no, summer's over. It's funny how just that little thought of what the new school year and ending of summer does to you and how that gets passed down to our kids. Let's talk about that today, shall we? And before we do, let me introduce myself. My name is Dr. Kelly Ray and I'm a mindset coach counselor, notably known as the Inner Critic Tamer, and I am passionate about helping others just like you and me who have survived things perhaps we don't like to talk about, but we know we want to be better for ourselves because we know that that benefits our kids and their kids to come. I'm obsessed with teaching others how to tame their inner critic, that inner childhood conditioning, or as I'd like to say, undo that crap that happened to you and maybe sometimes keeps you stuck and teach you how to heal from it in order to live the vibrant life you were designed to live. And during this episode, we're going to be talking about ways to get through the summertime blues as we get back in to that school schedule. Having, for me, I'm going to date myself here. For myself, I can remember summer vacation lasting all the way until the day after Labor Day before having to go back to the grind of school. Having nearly three full months off from school was amazing. Towards the end of August, my mom would take my brother and I shopping for school clothes and supplies, which was so much fun. You know, it was like, I don't know, we got to have a lunch together. She always made it really super fun. And, you know, that's one of my fondest memories of going back to school was to get that new outfit and you just couldn't wait. And of course she wouldn't let us wear it until school started. So it was the anticipation and excitement of putting on those new clothes, those new shoes, whatever. The first day, week of school that were something to look forward to. And and again, it was something pretty exciting. And you know, it's funny what we remember and learn as kids, whether it's something actually taught to us or we observe it how that becomes so ingrained in us that before we know it, we're doing it without even thinking of it. Or maybe we are and not really paying a whole lot of attention to it. For myself, when my daughter started school, I couldn't wait to take her school shopping because for the same reason, the fun memory I had with my mom, and and maybe for some of you, you share the same, I'd love to know. Or maybe it was a daunting experience, so when you have your own kids, it somehow got passed on. 
So by the time school got back into session, things were starting in the fall and fall was starting to, I mean, it wasn't actually fall, but September's close enough to fall. It started to feel cooler. The night sky started showing up earlier. In some ways you were ready for the transition. But nowadays kids, parents, and teachers maybe get six weeks of quote unquote summertime fun. Hardly enough time to decompress from that last school season to having more carefree fun under the sun. Am I right? And if you haven't made your summertime fun plans the December before, then you're left scrambling because camps are full, tickets to places are sold out, and campgrounds or hotels are full. Now mind you, we're also coming out of a pandemic, so many of the places we'd usually go to could be limited because of employee or supply shortages. Just another wrinkle in the, in the wrap of things, right? And let's be honest, after the last couple of years, we want to be normal, am I right? Whatever that normal may be. What we know is we don't want any more of this nonsense going on. We want to be able to do what we want. We want to be able to go where we want to go. We want to have fun. We want to do all of those things. And, and it's been a little crazy of a ride. So, I mean, I hate to say it, but when does the ride get over? When do we go back to the docking station so we can get off and maybe try another ride? I mean, seriously, kids, parents, and teachers are trying to catch their breath, gain their footing, and hanging on to a glimmer of hope that it can go back to quote-unquote normal. But oh no, this school year starts times at different, the time starts in different age groups. And if your kids are in different schools because of their age, how that works out, oh my gosh. We're starting off a little bit cray-cray this year, right? Just one more, again, wrinkle in the whole thing. Like, come on, enough already. And I know that many of you are probably on this same, this same <laughs> ride saying, come on, enough. Let, let's just get, let's, let's knock this nonsense off. Anywho, is it any wonder that parents and kids alike could be feeling a little moody, a little anxious, a little grumbly about it all. And our teachers too. I'm not gonna leave you out of this. I know you feel this too, because you're not only a teacher, but you could be a parent too that's listening to this. With all the changes over the last couple of years and our feelings of overwhelm, even if we feel like we're dealing with it well, can cause some triggering, which is why I thought we could use some help during this transition. For some of you, school has already begun, but not to fret. These things I'll be sharing with you still are applicable and you still can do them. One, and go ahead and get out a piece of paper if you want or pull up the notes on your phone or computer, whatever, however you're taking track of this stuff or save this um, episode so you can refer back to it if you need it as a little reminder or a tool to help you because I can tell you we all need a little help when it gets through going through the school year. Am I right? Yes, of course. Of course we are. We all, you know, we're not just perfect stellar all the time. We have those days where we could like, oh my gosh, I need a break. Or oh my gosh, what was that that I could do that kind of helped 
get through this nonsense? Gotcha. I got you covered. So one is to continue to give your child or children household responsibilities. Maintaining small and simple tasks promotes family connection and cohesiveness. This is also training our younger ones of what it's going to be like in the future to work in a workspace or live with roommates or have a partner themselves one day. We have to know how to do that cohesively and how to manage space with others. Keep in mind the age of your child and what they're capable of. For example, and, and I know some of you could be different or you started things earlier or not. These are just examples. A four-year-old is capable of helping you set the dinner table, whereas maybe a 10-year-old is capable of doing dishes, and a high school or college student is capable of menu planning and preparing meals. Look, again, these aren't locked in stone ages. They're just examples for you of, you know, how you could do this. Some start earlier, some start later. The key is to get them started and get them involved. Number two, stay active. This is a tough one. Our world is ever changing in relation to electronics and the pressure to always be connected. However, like anything, too much of one thing is not a good thing and can lead to obsessive tendencies. Limit your child's screen time. Help your child unplug and find creative uses of their time. Get outside and play catch. Take a walk as a family. This is imperative to do early on as it then becomes a habit. One of the things I do know, we are creatures of habit. And I love not having to think about, and we love to not think about our actions, right? I don't want to jump into my car every single day and adjust my mirrors and my seat and look to make sure I'm in drive and make sure my hands are at 10 and 2. I did that when I first started driving. But over time, it got to the point where you could just get in the car and you knew to look out your rear view mirror when you backed up. You knew to look over your shoulder, but that's because it was practiced so much that it became ingrained and it became a habit. The same is true with the foods that we feed our kids, with the time we allow them on the screen. I do not support parents who say, well, that's the only thing my kid will eat, or, oh no, they get upset if I take their toy or electronics away. You are the parent, and it's your responsibility to teach and create and cultivate good, healthy habits for your kids, not for them to figure out one day. We create, we create these habits in our actions, whether we say them or we mimic, they mimic us. What we do, they see all the time. So for example, set a time when phones, electronics go down or go on chargers. Period. I'm telling you, if you do this consistently every single day, if you did it for a month, it will become such a habit that come month two, you would just have to say, hey, time's up or something like that. And they just know to go walk and put those things on the charger or go put them where they need to be. 
And I can tell you that these things are causing an increased amount of anxiety and stress with our kids, period. Teach them to put them down. For my daughter, she still does this today. Every night she puts her phone down at a certain time and it's not in her room. She puts it in the kitchen. It's just now become habits. Little habits like these can set up your kids for success or limit them. And you can help them with that. Number three, practice the school routine before it starts. Look, I know some of you are already starting school maybe a couple of weeks into it. It's not too late to start practicing. Time to switch up the bedtime routine which I know is probably more of a challenge when the sun's still up, but for the sake of our kids' brains, energy, and optimal wellness, it's important to make this switch. Again, this is something that's going to prepare them and teach them for the future when they get a job, when maybe um, they have a job that rotates shift. Let's say you work in a hospital or something. They're going to have to be able to adjust and acclimate to make sure that they're getting adequate amount of sleep. You get to do this right now. Practice setting alarms and waking up earlier if this is something that you've drifted from during the summer schedule. Get clothes out the night before. You know, one of the things I loved about the school that my daughter went to, um, it was a charter school. They had a, a, a uniform and I mean, it was a very easy uniform you could get it at Old Navy or something, but it made choosing clothes so much easier because it was just pull them out. And, and you can do this. If your kid's not going to a school that requires any kind of a uniformity dress code, you could still simplify the, their clothing right now, especially if they're in elementary school or something, or have them pick it out the night before so that it makes it easier. There isn't all that hassle and stress in the morning as you're all trying to get out the door. And then if you're planning on having them or you pack lunch in the morning rather than the night before, then be sure and get up early to avoid unnecessary stress. Number four, prepare for classes. Most schools either send out a school supply list or have links on their website, so be sure and check these links and emails. You can also take your child to their school and walk around the campus to locate their class or classrooms. This is especially good if they're going to a new school this year. This helps give them confidence. This helps gives them assurance that at least they know somewhat what the campus looks like because they're going to be like everybody else. They're, going to, they're not going to want to look uncool like they don't know where they're going. So if they at least know how to get to their first period or to their main classroom, it's going to help a lot for reducing stress and anxiety for them. The goal is we want to set our kids up for success and to feel confidence. And confidence is gained with experience and feeling like they know where they are and where they need to be. Again, it doesn't matter if this is elementary school, middle school, high school, college. Those same first day week jitters happen. It's like starting a new job. 
or starting a new group activity. We all have that, so let's help them try to navigate that as best we can. Number five, help your kids visualize their school experience. Talk with your kids about how they're feeling about the coming school year. Find out what they're excited about. Find out what they may feel uncertain about. As parents, it's a good idea to get plugged into the school and the staff and do your own walkthrough of the school and obtain any answers to the same questions you ask your kids. Find out what you feel uncertain or unclear about so that you can help navigate and walk that through there with them. Number six, manage expectations and deadlines. I remember there being a big transition from when my daughter was in daycare to when she went to kindergarten. Her childcare provider was open year round and took very little time off, which I truly appreciated even more once my daughter got into school because I'll tell you, there was a lot of freaking days off, in-service days, minimum days and holidays. I used to joke that I wish school would just give me a calendar of when they were actually in session as that would be so much easier to navigate than all of the time off. So I encourage you, whether your kids are in kindergarten or again in college, at the beginning of the school year, look at the school's calendar and mark your calendar off accordingly. Once I got over grumbling about it, I realized by switching my mindset and marking my own calendar in conjunction with the school's calendar, I suddenly felt I had more freedom to do what I wanted. I could schedule many vacay days for us or days to do nothing or whatever. It definitely gives you a better sense of being in control of your life, your household, and freedom when we align with the with this sooner rather than later because truth be told school's happening and we can either grumble about it or we can set ourselves up to still have fun freedom and excitement during the school season seven advocate for your child to be involved in extracurricular activities staying involved with peers is great for social skill building and gives opportunities for individualized rewards and sense of teamwork, which enhances self-esteem. I'll be honest with you, as a single parent, this was a challenge for me. I didn't know how I was going to do all of this by myself. And because I was also very prideful, I struggled with asking for help or support. And as a result of my struggle, my kid missed out on some things. I had to quickly get out of my own way for her. Again, that wasn't easy because we kind of pride ourselves on who we are, right? We're strong, we got this, blah, blah, blah. I know because I've said it and done it. And when your kid comes home from school with a piece of paper talking about an opportunity for them and they have this gleeful look in their face of wanting to try it, you have to resist the urge to blurt out all the reasons why they can't do it. Don't get me wrong. There's some things you just may not want your kid doing. I get that. But I also know we're so quick to say no before thoroughly thinking it through. 
know for myself, I had to quickly learn to go from no to wow, that sounds interesting. Then find out if it's something they actually want to do or if it's merely them sharing because it got sent home. If they're interested, then tell them how you'll look into it and get back to them tomorrow. Definitely let them know when you're going to get back to them. And if that time comes and you still haven't had an answer, let them know what you've been doing towards it. You can't just blow them off and hope it goes away. That teaches them that you and others aren't reliable. With regards to my situation of money and time being tight, I definitely connected with other people on the information sheet that would be sent home to find out more details. Maybe there was a price reduction based on income. Maybe the event or club was happening right after school on campus. And if these things didn't work with my time or budget, then I'd research similar alternatives until they did. Again, we have a big job as parents to prepare our children to become functional, well-rounded, well-balanced adults. Number eight, maintain a consistent homework time. Once school begins, be sure to set aside consistent homework time each day. If your child doesn't have homework, you can either encourage some practice time like reading or math flashcards or spelling exercises or use this time to teach self-care. Let's not wait until we're stressed out, depressed, anxious, panic attack wearing adults that are not sure what to do other than panic. Look, we can start this earlier. Why not give our kids the gift of maybe what we didn't know when we were kids or our parents didn't know to teach us. It's no blame on that. We have more knowledge. As Maya Angelou says, when we know better, we do better. And that's, that's, that's all that is. So self-care can be tuning out the TV, tuning out gaming, tuning out of the phones, and doing some relaxation exercises like yoga or meditation. Turn on some spa music and learn to have actual, quiet, peaceful time. I cannot tell you how many kids and even adults will say I'm tired when in fact maybe they're just at rest. Maybe they're just for the first time feeling relaxed. But because they practiced the languaging of I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. They don't know what relaxed or peace feels like. If they experience it, the only thing they have to relate it to is what they've labeled it long ago, I'm tired. Remember, our words say so much. Our words make such a difference. Let's teach our kids that. In the U.S., we do a phenomenal job from early on to go, 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 go. I mean, we got our kids, as soon as they're walking, in some kind of competitive sport or, you know, some something. 
you know, some triathlon or something. I mean, it's like, when do we let these kids be kids? Because so much now is so early on, we've learned that, oh, well, little Johnny or Susie's not going to get into Harvard if they're not doing all of these activities and we'll have them volunteer and blah, blah, blah. Good God, there's so much that a kid's going through internally developing. Why don't we let them be a kid, let them be imaginative, let them be creative. Life will do other things along the way to maybe dimmer that down. Don't let that be your job to dimmer that down in them at all. But there's one thing here in the U.S. that I see that we don't do a lot of, and that's balance between the go, 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 and the pause, and the wind down, and time to reflect. Anytime we have those moments of pause, pause, wind down, or reflect, we think that we're doing something wrong. We think that we're lazy. We think that we're failing. What kind of message is that? Do we want to send to our kids? Is there any wonder we have high levels of stress, anxiety, depression, and people blowing their gaskets because of these high levels of mental unrest? Teach your kids early, and once again, it will be a wonderful practice that they take with them for life. And should they get off track, the habits are still there, and they'll be able to pick them up quickly. Just like someone who worked out regularly and took a break, once they get back in the routine again, it seems to happen for them faster than, say, the person who's just starting out for the first time. Number nine, offer help with homework if your child needs it. Provide plenty of support and encouragement, but refrain from giving answers or doing the work for them. Look, I get it. You're tired too after a long day's work and you just want to wind down. But we still have to show up for our kids. We still have to support and encourage them. Remember, you are building a structure for who they are and who they will be in the future. Make it a solid structure. Make it a solid foundation. This is also where you can partner with their teachers and lean in on them for support if there's a subject matter you're not strong suited in or a friend or a family member. This is not the time to just throw your hands in the air. This is the hand. This is the time to lean in and, and, and get the support your child needs. And you need. You're going to need support too. Number 10, remember, no matter what, always notice what your child's doing well. Our voices as parents become our children's inner voice. How many times have you said something and thought, oh my God, I sound like my mom or I sound like my dad. I know, I know you've done this and that's what I'm talking about here. We have to build them up, you know, wouldn't you want the voice in their head sometimes to be like, hey, that sounds like something I would say, and it actually be a good thing, rather than, oh, dang it, I said that, crap. Whether we're talking to them, ourselves, or others, our children 
are unconsciously listening. And our unconscious mind does not understand sarcasm, it does not understand joking, and it does not understand just kidding. It literally takes everything as factual. And again, whether your kid is in elementary school or high school and beyond, they are still listening and paying attention. Moms and dads, I encourage you, if you don't already have a good, healthy support system in your corner, you need to get one because parenting is not for the faint of heart. You will be tested. You will be triggered. You will also at times feel alone. You will at times feel like you're doing a thankless job. You will feel frustrated at your wit's end and want to throw your hands up in the air. And you still have to show up. This is why having a healthy support system is vital to you and their well-being. As a coach, one of the greatest benefits I can provide a parent is the liberty to speak freely, and I do mean freely, about how they're feeling, and sometimes that speaking freely is downright unpleasant. But it allows these parents a safe opportunity to express themselves without destroying their kids or their self in the process. Again, parenting is challenging. Don't get me wrong, it's by far the greatest experience of my life. Nothing like it in the world. Oof. It's also one of the deepest dives into yourself. And sometimes those dives bring up and out things in you that you weren't even expecting. And that's why it's vital to have someone in your corner to help you through those dives. Number 11. Find the best way to connect with your kids for them to open up. For my daughter, when I'd pick her up from school, when she was in elementary school, I'd want to know right away how her day was. And she'd talk about it on the way home. And it was great because she was excited to share. But by the time middle school came around, that tactic no longer worked and we both got frustrated. I'd get bummed because why didn't she want to talk about her day? And she'd get grumbly because she just wanted to be alone. My ego wanted to power through and figure it all out. And her ego just wanted to get home so she could go to her room. Now, I had a couple options here. I could force the issue, which we all know how well that works out. Or I could figure another way. And as humans who like habits, so we don't have to think about doing things differently, this was a bit of a challenge because I wanted to quickly find a solution and move on, which of course didn't work out as I thought. Because I wanted a one and done fix so we could get back to the way things were when we drive home from school in elementary school. Once I gave up the notion of what's wrong with her or feeling like I was failing because she was no longer interested in engaging, I started paying attention to when she'd actually share and capitalize on that time. 
for her, she'd need some time alone in her room. Then after she did merge, we'd go for a walk or drive in the car somewhere and she'd spill the beans. And for those of you who have gone through middle school and high school, you truly understand what it feels like to get your kids back in the midst of their hormonal changes. Again, if you hadn't enlisted a healthy support group before now, you'll definitely want to do so by time they hit middle school because your own middle school self will reemerge in a sense. And are you ready for that? I wasn't, but I now can help you through that. So as we wrap up this episode, I want to remind you of how much power and influence you have over your child, regardless of their age. And that influence carries on with them throughout their lives. So if we approach the end of summer grumbling about how much we dislike going back to school, we're teaching them the same thing. And this becomes a habit they could potentially pass on to their kids without even being consciously aware of it. I know I was guilty of this for sure. And once I was able to switch my mindset around this and actually create summertime-like freedom opportunities by making my calendar with the school's calendar, I was able to create a lot more things to look forward to and made a tighter school schedule routine more fun. And if you could use a little extra help along the way, some support, I'm going to encourage you to get in touch with me and I'm going to share with you some ways of how you can do that. I'm on Instagram at Ask Dr. Kelly Ray. Kelly Ray is spelled K-E-L-L-Y-R-A-E. I'm on Facebook at Dr. Kelly Ray B, B as in brown. My website is drkellyray.com. And my email is drkellyray at gmail.com. And until next time, please know I send you so much love.